you guys do our San Diego game last year? Joe, I can't remember where I worked last week. They're going to go for it here on fourth and one. A lot of words, a lot of words. No snap, no play. Nothing, right? Which hard? Hard count for him off sides. Hello and welcome to Hard Count, Fox Sports Australia's NFL podcast. And dear listener, I am joined once again by Laurie Horish. Hello. And Patrick Stack. That was very excited and formal at the same time, Mel. Dear I listener, it. I hope it's I hope it's dear listeners, but you know you don't want to be too great in this day and age. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We have what twenty thousand poll respondents this week. This yes. week, you don't want to know the numbers. <laughs> Astronomical. <laughs> no, it was uh, a very interesting week of football. Actually, a lot of milestones, a lot of uh, history being made, as well as some uh, upsets too. Pretty tight across the board and. It looked like we were on hand and on deck for some big upsets and, and kind of boilovers mm. early on and playoff pitches getting shaken, rattled and rolled. But uh, some, you know, some teams kind of showed <laughs> their caliber and perhaps their lack of caliber, lack of class later on. Yeah, plenty of interesting narratives coming out of the weekend. Shall we get into it? And taking things away are my beautiful <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs killing my multi. <laughs> Oh. After an amazing field goal from Ryan, suck it late, pips us, because Andy Reid's a moron and he tried to ice the kicker. Mel, you know how I feel about the whole concept of icing the kicker. It doesn't yes. work in situations yes. like this. You just give them another chance. Like he's going from long range. He's trying range. to psych them out. He's trying to say, look, you think that you're ready to... No, I'll say when you're ready. And he just tries to get in his head. Didn't work, though. He even came out afterwards and said, look, it just gave me extra information. I knew that I... My normal routine was not going to carry yeah. the distance, so I had to abandon it and just give it a good old hoofing, and it gets there, and they win. And now Kansas have gone from being in the mix of I think he also, being the number one seed to dropping to potentially sort of fifth, mm, yeah. I think. As uh, Mel knows, though, fifth. you know, on the tee sometimes, you just got to widen that stance, <laughs> big shoulder turn, and let that bad boy rip. What is uh, it? Uh, grip we it and rip it, as grip John Daly would say. Grip it and rip it. Big fan of the show, John Daly. <laughs> and it has been... A season where it's just been devoid of Andy Reid's stuff up. No, so, he's been coach of the year contender. Yeah, well, now no longer <laughs> after that. Like, we were due for a calamitous Andy Reid malfunction, and we got one. Yeah. We certainly did. And, and you know what makes it even more heartbreaking is what, that. Ryan Suckup thanking Jesus a million times? Well, hey, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's a holiday. Hillsong are some of our most inspired uh, listeners and supporters. At, just, you can keep your hipster atheism away from this particular <laughs> sphere. Thank you very much. At 4.03 in the morning to steer this back onto Biting a less politically really incorrect. hard. 4.03 in yeah. the morning yesterday. Yeah. Lawrence, if possible, lay the following $20 multi as I have no account. Lie. <laughs> I don't have an account because do I would be too. I would gamble too much. Do you have like a dude that you call? Like, is it all cashed in? Ben Way used to be my. Uh, yeah. He's since resigned. That is, uh, yes. Yeah. Farewell to Ben Way. A ta-ta. Uh, uh, so, KC, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, New England, Dallas. KC let you down in that multi. And they Not for the do. first time this they season. Always yeah. do. Look, it's pretty um, sucky for you, Patty. But for Tennessee, they're now equal top AFC South, going to eight and six with Houston on the same record. And Houston, they finally lost their patience with QB Brock Osweiler. They certainly did. You know, two picks inside two minutes in the second quarter. They're just enough for the you know seventy-two million dollar American quarterback. That's ninety-nine million dollars mm-hmm. for those of you doing exchange. Sadly, I'm doing exchange. Australian dollar oh, conversion. Oh, about to do a trip to the US, and that conversion rate is not going in the right direction. Humble so, brag. That that means Brock now has fourteen touchdowns, sixteen interceptions. And you know what? Oh, Sometimes my gosh. enough is enough. And you know who had enough and thought it was time to come in and save the day? Savage. <laughs> <laughs> 
many dudes you know roll like this? Are we back at the Christmas party? Not many. <laughs> if any. Not, not many. many. If any. How many dudes you know <laughs> rock a show like, like this? this. Uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh. We I are, don't know. Right. Papers are flying everywhere. Notes. Lyrics right. are everywhere. That was, that was intense. There um, we go. So Tommy Savage comes Savage. into the game. Who, can I just say, I've just like I've got to bring it up. But one of the best descriptions about Tom Savage, uh, he looks like a Croatian Nicolas Cage. That is brilliant. Oh, I could not be more spot on. Uh, thank you to uh, They Look Like, I think, on Twitter, who uh, came up really with that. Really rising to the occasion, yeah. as did Tommy Savage. 260 yards on 23-36 passing. No mistakes. Mm. Immediately got DeAndre Hopkins going. Eight catches for 87 yards. That's the most he's had. Oh, he's been since, missing all season because of week Brock. two. So just, he's going to be the man going forward, Tom Savage. It's so been that's announced. Osweiler done. Osweiler bench, Savage in. So unless he gets hurt, Savage is going to be... Yes, yeah, Savage is going to be the quarterback season, going forward. Which is, let's face it, going to be the first week of the playoffs. <laughs> now, no, 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 no touchdowns for Tom Savage, but he did leave two scoring drives in the fourth quarter alone, which, you know, huge. That's return. all you need. You just need no mistakes. You need a competent sort of just keep the wheels rolling. Yeah, trailing by 20 to not many. This was a, a huge comeback win for the chance. Texans. That's all. Especially considering what the Titans were doing at the same time and what the Colts were doing yep. to Minnesota. Huge win for them. Of course, that resulted in the Jags, uh, you know, being defeated by Houston meant that they uh, finally pumped Gus Bradley. Yeah, 14 and 48 record over four years. That's not very good. Reports were that they decided to fire him earlier in the week. Not sure why they gave him this week. And then getting really awkward with it is that he took the flight back with the team. Yeah, that is What's, a little bit. What well, do you do? Like, they, I don't apparently, know. the team really like him by all no, reports. Like, look, they're really tight. And of course they don't. He doesn't make him train. That's like <laughs> one in 14 years. <laughs> one 14 games in four years. Apparently, Gus Bradley is one of the most liked men in the league. And don't forget, this is a ferocious defensive coordinator. This guy came out of the Seahawks organization. So, but wh- someone next year is going to get a hell of a defensive coordinator. Maybe just Bradley. not ahead. Taking a step no. back, what are we suggesting? That he needs to get the bus home or something? Like, like, well, I would have taken he... a few days, maybe. <laughs> but, well, you just want to be home, don't you? You just get on the flight. You're mates them all. Well, see, they would have, they would have, home is Jacksonville. But they would have already bought the return <laughs> ticket, you see. So, you're not going to like, you know. I don't know. I'm I'm not going on that plane. That's just a side I don't want to be a part I of. I mean, but... now comes in uh, Doug Marone, the Head coach name today, and former uh, Bills head coach. Is he going to be one of these situations where he literally coaches one game, and that's the last time we see him in a head uh, coach position? Uh, they're going to shop around for yeah. sure. He, it's it, Doug, they've said Doug Marone's going to be on the list, on okay. the short list. But the big name that's coming out, Stacky, I know this is going to get you excited because you love octogenarians, and that is Tommy Tommy Coughlin. Coughlin. I like Tommy Coughlin, former obviously successful Super Bowl winning coach, two time Super Bowl Had- winning coach with. The New York Giants, but he was a Jags coach back in the 90s, had amazing success there. Two AFC title games, yeah. suffered at the hands of Mel's Patriots before Mel was a Patriots fan. Uh. Um, and uh, What? <laughs> I don't know. We'll that check the timeline. Was that a shot? It no, might have been a shot. I, I liked it, it a little cheaper. But Tom Coughlin, from all accounts, he was pushed out the door in New York. The fire still burns for Tommy. I was, I was on the road to retirement, to be honest. But Happy homecoming. Not. Without wanting to be ageist, does that mean that they see themselves in the frame for pretty significant success in the short term? Because he's old. Oh, there's talent on that roster. but They drafted very well. They drafted well. The free agency class hasn't performed to what... You know, you would have liked, but in saying that, the price tags are never going to be mm. matched. It's like when you drive out. What is it when you buy a new car and you drive out of the parking lot? The appreciation goes down forty yeah. percent. Yeah, you're never going to get full return on the ridiculous free agency prices. But have any of us bought a new car ever? No. Yeah, no. That's, I bought yeah. a demonstrator. It's as close as I got. Well done, you. Hmm. Is that, Smart, oh, savvy. What's a demonstrator. So it's like in the had model. Sixty k's on it. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. So it's I done thought, the lap around yeah. Lane Cove. I thought a it was some times. sort of fixed gear bicycle. I didn't, <laughs> oh, wasn't quite sure. Shut up. But um, yeah. <laughs> 
but wild. you know, oh, it look it'll be interesting with Tom Savage going forward. And he had some things to say after the game as well. So I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the queen <laughs> rise to the top, oh yeah. Bold words. Yeah, bold words yes. from Tom, the Macho well, Man Savage. Just quickly, what do we know about Tom Savage? I mean, he is 26 years old, six foot four, 230 pounds, fourth round pick mm-hmm. in 2014. You know who he reminds me of a little bit? Kirk Cousins. Also a fourth rounder. Also was made to sort of, you know, jump on and off the bench a little bit. Um, I guess Savage had some injury issues which kept him out. This was only his third regular season NFL game that he played. So so you're saying Tom Savage is better than Kirk Cousins? No, I'm saying that he reminds me (laughs) of someone who can come in and maybe hasn't been quite given his shot, but is perhaps, you know, the more capable QB, even though the less obvious option. When he was coming out of college... There was this myth, this ghost presence about Tom Savage on scouting reports. No one knew much about him. Gil Brandt, uh, the scouting godfather, who uh, revolutionized scouting with the Dallas Cowboys and is kind of revered Mm. when Gil speaks, you listen. Uh, He said he's the best quarterback you don't know. That was his report coming out. Uh, Nice arm. That's a great line, by the way. What? The best quarterback you don't know. Yeah. We should steal that for... Backhand, but also a handshake. It's good. Like, you could do that on the (laughs) eve of, like, AFL, NRL season. You could be like, this is the best 5-8th you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good article. It's going to be on (laughs) every sport on foxsports.com.au. It's going to be the new burning questions. Uh, (laughs) Five. Um, Only five. Not four, Uh, not six. Five. Just five. Really nice arm. Throws a really pretty ball. And just looking at how he performed in that game against Jacksonville, got back to his drops, nice clean footwork, got the ball out well, good ball placement, some nice sideline drops to uh, dropping it in the bucket there for guys like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, Will Fuller as well, Will Fuller the fifth, the fourth, the sixth, whatever he's got on the back of his jersey. So there's a lot to like there. He's just been this kind of mystical creature in the scouting community. He hasn't really had his shot and now that he has his shot, I'm, I mean, if I was a Houston fan, I'd be very excited Very, and as a not Houston fan, I'm intrigued and I want to see more. Absolutely. So and if it, al- if it allows me to keep going through the YouTube troves of uh, Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> and New Zealand hip hop, this podcast can only go from strength to strength. If you don't, it'd be an uh, indictment on your abilities. Yes. And moving on, my team, the Patriots, mm. uh, a little shade thrown by Laurie earlier, but they put a hole in Denver's playoff <laughs> hopes with a 16-3 win. Over the Broncos, um, looking wasn't the sexiest of games, no. was it? But no, uh, this is not FHM's top one hundred. Got job done. The big story, I guess, was um, that that defense that Denver. They certainly pressured Brady plenty and um, made his life very difficult. It was only one touchdown by Legarrette Blunt running it in there. Um, How many? He's had a lot for the year, hasn't he? Now, Fif- yeah, fifteen or sixteen. I he's... believe it's the most. It's it's yeah. tied the most for a franchise like in a season. Yeah, that's a little right. bit of the, the franchise record. Patriots, yeah. yeah, a little bit of a no Gronk sort of. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's why you see Brady sort of targeting Edelman. Well, you that's... saw a lot of Edelman, and you saw a lot of Deion Lewis. It was something like 65% yep. of his t- of his 31 throws were to those guys. So he's operating short mm-hmm. because we know what Denver can do at the back end. Didn't allow a completion to TB12 in the first quarter. Yep. So that shows you. And then, obviously, they're not getting it done on, on offense, and that led to some boil over in the locker room afterwards. The coach, Gary Kubiak, opened up the locker room and said, does anyone want to speak? You know, this is a big loss. We need to rally. We need results to go away. We need two big wins over the rest of the mm. rest of the course of the season. Always dangerous that moment. So does anyone want to speak? And the new left tackle who signed this season, Russell Okung, he tried to stand up and speak. And the defensive backs, the secondary, Akeem Salib, Chris Harris Jr., they blew him up and said, no, shut up. It's not your time to talk. Probably you guys aren't delivering. in a lot more fierce terms too. I'm knowing, sure there was some more colourful <laughs> language. Salib, yes. but, and this caused a bit of a push and shove aggro session between the offense and defense. 
That's not what you want from a defending champions. No. No. There was a nice moment, a nicer moment in the locker room, <laughs> though, with uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady Aww. getting a, a like a total dad happy snap. Like yeah. they, they've just sort of been attacked by their wives wanting a photo at the barbecue at the, <laughs> on a party, and they're just sort of turned around and going, all right, let's get this over Question with. Question I'm asking you, Patrick Stack, yeah. looking at this photo, what's the name of this album cover, looking at these two? I reckon Ribs and Jesus. <laughs> Ribs and Jesus. Yeah. Which one's wow. Jesus about? Well, I just feel like it's got a real sort of southern barbecue feel to yeah. it. I feel like they're eating ribs <laughs> and they're talking Jesus. Is it is it a country album? Uh, or is it like Keith Urban pop country? Yeah, exactly. Correct. That's pop not country. pop country. Well, look, Tom Brady has been accused of having a Keith Urban hairdo in recent years. So no, there has to be some sort of country in there somewhere. Mel- it, he's been Bieber-esque, but not uh, not Keith Urban-esque. Who was recently touring here with yeah. Carrie, Carrie Underwood, Underwood. who sings oh, the who sings the theme Sunday song? Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in town recently. No, this album. I think I tweeted it to us, and I've just forgotten how was bad it the goats is that? or something. Oh no, it was Goat Dads. That's goat Dads. Dad. Okay. Yeah, yeah right. Goat yeah. Dads. I would argue that a man that uh, right. left his pregnant girlfriend isn't. Oh, he shouldn't be in the Goat Dads category. But uh, I'm just going to leave that out there. Still um, his child. I'm going to say, I look at this and I think we didn't dress ourselves. We didn't dress ourselves. Did and ourselves. how does the demo go again? You were singing it earlier. It's to the tune of I Touch Myself. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, uh, could, will, it be, could it be, a, um, you know how you have the kids do mashups these days? Somewhere yeah, like a, The girl talk mashups. I was going to say, yeah, like an album mix between Abercrombie and Fitch and the Gap. Ooh. That's the sort of fashion vibes I'm getting. Uh, moving on, your boys, Dem boys. Mm. Um, oh, now they... we're all mates with Dak Prescott again, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone loves Dak because they ended uh, the Bucks five-game streak, beating them 26-20 to 20 in Dallas. Lawrence Horish, I told you this would happen. Dak Prescott, 32 of 36. He was clinical. He was composed. You've got to be back on the Dak train. He did everything he could have to put a big finger on the lips of all the hysteria in Dallas around the QB position. 279 yards passing, one rushing touchdown. Not pushing the ball downfield, didn't have to. Took what that good Tampa Bay defense gave him. Really liked seeing him get back to his drop and get the ball out quickly. Pocket presence was better. Ball placement was better. Got Des Bryant going. Jason Witten up against apparently a team with athletic linebackers, was ridiculously open. He broke a record, didn't he? He overtook Terrell Owens' most catches in NFL history. He's up to 7th or something like that. Yeah, wow. You've got to be impressed with that. But then let's look at the defense for Dallas because they don't get... We talk about the the QB every week. Yep. Jameis Winston had two touchdowns, two interceptions, though, and really failed to get Mike Evans going. Oh, he's headbutting people, too. He's headbutting people, headbutting Justin Durant. And then in the fourth quarter... Or the second half, but especially the fourth quarter. David Irving, mystery man, playing defensive end for Dallas, took over with nine hurries, five QB hits, two sacks, and a pass deflected. Big time. Dallas needs something for the pass rush as they look to, to make a deep playoff run. And maybe David Irving, an enigmatic character, used to be in the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad. Maybe he can provide it. But the talking point out of this game, mm. Ezekiel Elliott, 159 <laughs> yards rushing and one touchdown. Never and, noticed him, did uh, you? <laughs> <laughs> and with that touchdown, he leapt into the Salvation Army kettle. Yeah, it was in the, uh, in the back of the end back zone. Back of the end yeah. zone. Just sort of sitting there as like so a People who didn't see it, it's like a pot, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think that obviously... For, bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. In, yeah, exactly. You'd expect a witch, sort of a cauldron. But mm. that, um, actually, that's what they pass around to collect yes. money. Sweet normally. cash money for the Salvation Army. You know when Mr. Bean, when he's like in the in the in the sort of square and the, all the Salvation Army people are playing the band and he goes around and collects money and everything with the Salvation Army. My, uh, my Mr. Bean 
Oh, it's such a good show, though. Look, I, I enjoyed it. It was 25 years ago. Yeah, oh, <laughs> man, that is iconic Christmas viewing. Anyway, what did he do? Well, he jumped in there, didn't he, Lawrence? He jumped in there. Yeah, and he's kind of hidden there for a little bit. It was quite cute, and everyone yeah. was like, the, the Collinsworth and Michaels were eating it up. They, they really it. enjoyed it. And when asked about it after the game, Zeke, uh, Zeke just said it came to him. Zeke, take us through what, what was behind the celebration, Salvation Army. Uh, you know, that, that buck is just sitting right there by the end zone, so it's only right someone jumps in it. Is <laughs> he getting of a relationship, maybe? With them? Uh, it may be, it may be. We'll see. Weird you know, question. actually, you know, I'm going to match... Whatever they find me to a donation to the Salvation Army. So, so Aww. the Dallas Cowboys getting Isn't ahead nice? of the curb in the no fun league, knowing that a fine was probably coming. Zeke saying he'll match whatever fine. Because he did get penalised on did, the field. You yeah, get like 15, 10, 15 penalty. yards, yeah. Yeah, on special teams. He never liked that. But Jerry Jones said, I hope they fine us because I'll appeal this all the way to the Supreme Court just to get the Salvation Army as much publicity yeah. as he possible. Went he went hard. In the end, the NFL, not going to find Zeke, but he came out on Twitter and said, I will be donating Yes, anyway. an undisclosed amount, but he said that he will donate anyway. In that scenario, it's whatever he donates is not enough. People are like, oh, <laughs> exactly, yeah. $20. Yeah. Oh, $20,000, that's nothing to you. You can't win. So yeah. I reckon he did well to just Yeah, and he's a rookie, up. so that shows experience. Well yeah. done, yeah. <laughs> and you know what else also came out of it on the internet was uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Ugh. firing off a tweet suggesting he wouldn't get away with uh, not getting fines, saying, that's funny, there's no fine for that. I could only imagine if I was the one to do it, just being honest. No, you're just being self-involved and making this about you. Maybe he's right, though. He seems to get fined for nothing. Well, Zeke didn't exactly go and try and, you know, get to third base with a kicking net. (laughs) He jumped in a charity bin, drawing attention to it. Odell Beckham... An amazing player, and we'll touch on that in just a sec. But so the the moral of the story is: pick better things to interact with. Yes, pick maybe, charitable organisations. Maybe jump in the kettle, but just don't, you know, propose to it. All right. Well, so I, you're really off Odell. Well, look, I, when I, I, Odell I, comes down under, and I'm doing the interview with him, you and you're like in the background, can't get an interview. But Odell loves to, to dance in, in the end zone too, and he's he was doing some Michael Jackson moves uh, this week. Mm. Hip thrusting brought into question, of course, because uh, the NFL don't quite know when a hip thrust is too much. Yeah, no, and three there's, bumps. There's a lot of grey area. Yeah, <laughs> oh dear, yeah. but Odell Beckham did get into the end zone this week, and mm-hmm. he treated us to a delightful one-handed snooch and score. Yeah, uh, good, wasn't it? Doing his trademark thing. The Giants, 17-6 to over the Lions. Mm-hmm. Battle of two teams probably headed to the playoffs. This one was all about defense, Mel. Defense, defense, yep. defense from those uh, those big blue men. It's been the story of uh, the last several weeks for New York, really. They've really stood up strong. Only coughing up six points uh, to Detroit, who with Matt Stafford, you know, he can, he can sling it. They're potent. Um, Beckham had a drop or two. There was that interesting moment, too, where he cold dropped a catch... And no one saw it. The officials didn't see it. They called it a completion. Mm. The replay showed he dropped it. Detroit didn't even challenge. It was the most bizarre thing. If there's a coaching staff to miss a blatant drop oh on the ground, gosh. it is going to be Jim Caldwell, <laughs> who barely has a pulse on the sideline, <laughs> may have been asleep. Done a good coaching job, but in this well, instance, asleep at the wheel there, yeah, Big Jim. that was a really weird one. Great win for the Giants, of course. That gives them 10th win for the season. Really in a good spot now. Are they um, too legit to quit, Mel? Are you going to see them as a legit Super Bowl contender? I, look, they're the only team to have beaten Dallas, and they did it twice. Yep. Um, and they're probably the biggest NFC rival that you could say right now. I mean, the only team that I really want to see them face is probably also Atlanta. That's be a really fascinating matchup because that's a contrast in teams there because yeah. Atlanta, all offense, holes on defense. Mm. I feel Whereas, like Atlanta would light them up. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Giants... 
I mean, Eli Manning didn't throw a pick in this game, but he was far from good. Oh, their offense is struggling. Don't their get offense me wrong. Is broken. It's the defense that is winning this. And also, we got to give a shout out to Brad Wing, who's punting and the special winger. teams has really pinned teams deep and is making it hard for the opposition to actually start an offensive drive to counteract. Brad Wing had a very fine game, and we'll get into it more later. But I will just point out that with that win for the Giants. That brings hard count NFL playing Aussie guests to <laughs> five and one on the season the week after they speak to us. So got the magic touch. Good numbers that. We're gonna chat to another Aussie in the NFL later. We hope we pass that on to six and one. The only team that lost this year was Lachlan Edwards Jets in week three. We can't take full blame for that. You know, we even got the uh, the Chicago Bears a win in week four, so that's how Paul strong. Even across the ditch. I know. The hard count bump is strong, Patrick Stack. It certainly is. <laughs> and uh, we move into the final headline for the week, we think. Oakland back in the playoffs, baby, beating San Diego 19-17. to Janikowski, the big kicker, nailing the eventual game-winning field goal. An interesting one, what I quite liked, was that it was a home game for the Chargers, but you wouldn't know it because Oakland... Yeah. And their fans were so loud. <laughs> yeah, this is disappointing from San Diego. The story is this is going to be it for the yeah. Chargers Off and they're going to be out of town. La La Land. To see that happening is sad for a team that's played their heart out despite a ridiculous litany of injuries. Just a shopping list of star quality that's been put on the pine this year. But that does segue us nicely. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And that's a common feeling around this time of year, around Christmas, around the table. You're feeling guilt, yeah. you're feeling disappointment, Mel. You get out the, uh, the, the Festivus poll and you start airing your grievances. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of feelings yeah. being uh, battered about the table. And uh, you're disappointed with, Mel? Well, I am disappointed with Philadelphia and Carson Wentz. It's been a, a sure. weird finish to this season for them because they started red hot and uh, Carson Wentz was... was it's rust into the starting position, of course, with Sam Bradford being traded to Minnesota. And, you know, I'm just disappointed because it seems like he's not a terrible QB. He's uh, done pretty well with what he's got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the receiving um, core isn't anything to shine about. Exactly right. And they have had some injuries at the running back position, really been knocked about this year. So it's made him probably not look as good as what he might be with other teams. Stacky, do we dare ask who's got you not mad but disappointed this and week? Andy Reid, don't ask to kick it, bro. I don't, <laughs> don't do it. Uh, we'll leave that one on there, but uh, strong so feelings there from Patrick Stacky. You were going to say, too, that you were disappointed in, in San Diego, but you but you switched it up. I've you switched it up. It. And, you know, you're talking about a losing team there. I'm going to talk about a winning team, but one man on that winning team. Devontae Adams, you've got to be kidding me. So the Packers get the big gutsy win. Aaron Mm. Rodgers, one leg, 60-yard heave, late in the game. Gets to Jordy Nelson, big dramatic win. MVP chance, ringing around. But (laughs) Devontae Adams, two stone-cold Steve Austin drops in the red zone. It was also the cold zone. It was freezing It was freezing, but it didn't freeze his hands off. They were still there. (laughs) Ten fingers, last I checked. Wasn't Jason Pierre-Paul out there running around? And he's been better at that this year. He He, used to be a drop machine back in the day. I feel like I should be channeling Obi-Wan Kenobi. You were the chosen one. (laughs) You're meant to be leading teams to fantasy glory. Now, I wasn't one of them, but there's got to be a lot of heartbroken Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams fantasy Mm. owners this year that just saw... 10 points slip away and that could have cost him a place in the final so that's who's got me feeling disappointed this week Mel as we move on to some people that not feeling disappointed but proud yeah. proud as punch waving the flag first down under Jets punter Lachlan Edwards tough game 
tough one. He's uh, his uh, punting has coughed up another touchdown uh, in an unfortunate event. His punt was blocked and returned for a TD. They've got to do something uh, to give him a little more time. There's anything that they do is just not great right now. Better not too much said about that. <laughs> Brad Wing, though, as I mentioned, had a really good game against Detroit. His longest punt was 57 yards, two down inside the 20. Um, seven times he was called upon. So he finished with a very uh, respectable net average. And uh, the bearded Aussie, Jordan Berry, sporting a rare red beard. Oh, that thing Ooh, is just pure red, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Fire. Ooh. Straight fire. It is. It looks like someone's attached that fire emoji under yeah. there. <laughs> Phenomenal stuff. Had, he had just one punt for the Steelers, 40-yard effort. Um, Adam Gotsis, Denver's uh, D-line, they were battling a little bit. But Gotsis managed to get a hit on uh did. On so good, on, yeah. good on Adam Gottes for Teaming laying the wood on with Von Brady. Miller as well. So the two of them, he was coming up the middle, Von Miller on the edge, and they just uh, sandwiched old Tommy boy. Um, so a good. really good effort and game high three solo tackles. So hopefully this is a sign that Gottes is maybe on the up and up. Maybe he's got this. Uh, <laughs> it was there. It's like a layup. <laughs> People have scored those before. And uh, we do have, as mentioned, another Aussie joining us on the podcast today. Blake Muir, offensive lineman. We spoke to him earlier in the season while he was in Green Bay. Now he's in Atlanta on the practice squad. And he joins us from Atlanta. Hello, Blake. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for joining us on the chat. No it's, it's been an interesting uh, journey for you, starting, I guess, with the 49ers. Then you got to Green Bay on the practice squad. And now you're in Atlanta with the Falcons. Can you tell us how exactly that whole transition happened? Because last we spoke, you were living it up at Lambeau. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's been a hectic uh, six months or so. I uh, went to Green Bay, did a tryout, and they, they signed me to the practice squad. Um, so I was there until about week uh, eight or nine, I believe. And, yeah, they they were having a rough time there with injuries and had to clear some room and unfortunately that was me so yeah I was uh I was out of a, a job for for about a week and then um made the, the long drive down from uh from Green Bay to, to Waco Texas because uh, that's where my brother's living right now he's he's uh he's still at Baylor so I went and lived with him in a uh for about a week and um actually on the way I uh, stopped off in Kansas City and had a try out there and then, um, yeah, about a, a week after I got back to Waco, the Falcons called, and then they they brought me in for a workout, and, yeah, they signed me um, on that day. So, yeah, I've been here for about a, uh, about a month, five weeks, something like that, and, yeah, it's, um, it's been pretty pretty intense few months. How do you feel that jump from three stops in your, in your first NFL year how has that helped or hindered, do you think, maybe your development? Has it exposed you to, to different schemes and maybe fastened it? Or do you think that perhaps it's it's caused a little delay in just kind of grasping new playbooks every month or two? You know what? I'm still deciding that myself because, yeah, in every place, it, it's been it's been different. Like, as you said, after I learn a new offense, um, you know, every coach has different uh, techniques they teach it. And, you know, sometimes it's frustrating because, you know, you, you you get to one place and you feel like you're getting it down and then all of a sudden you got to move and go somewhere else and it feels like starting again. On the other hand, it's, um, you know, I've, it's, it's a lot of exposure. So I've, get, I've got a lot of experience that most guys wouldn't have in their first year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to work that one out myself. 
What's that like on an interpersonal level, Blake? You know, do you, are you like the, the, the kid at school who's sort of onto his third high school in sort of like <laughs> a couple of years? Do you have a go-to move to try and break down the barriers with your fellow teammates just to let them know you're a pretty good bloke and, uh, you know, try and build those relationships? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does feel like that. You're the new kid in town um, yeah. everywhere you go. But, you know, the, the league is it, it's, it's like that. I mean, there are guys coming and going all the time. So a guy to be here one day and then, you know, gone that afternoon and then a new guy come in the next morning. So everyone in the league is used to it. So I mean, as far as, you know, getting acquainted with, with other players, I mean, they, they have, a lot of teams have, have things in place, like, you know, especially since I'm a rookie, so they'll have us provide entertainment, I guess, yeah, <laughs> yeah, things yeah. like that, you know. Now, of course, uh, being an O-lineman, it's your job to protect QB. Uh, what's your interaction been like with uh, QB Matt Ryan? He's sort of in the MVP race this year. What's that been like? I think he's a good guy. Like he's uh, he's definitely uh, the leader of the team. He's um, you know they, they call him Matty Ice for a reason, <laughs> and he, it, it shows. Like he's, I think this year in particular, like he's he's um, good as any quarterback in the league. And you know you just look at the the way he's played and the way he goes about it. I think. You know, he definitely deserves to be in those talks for, for MVP. Saw the Falcons taking care of business in pretty dominant style against a former team of yours, the San Francisco Ooh. 49ers. Got to imagine that felt good. Yeah. I know you weren't out there in the, in the trenches pushing it about. But on that note, what's the feeling in the team right now? Like, there's no denying this, this team has championship quality. Is it exciting to be part of a locker room that is buoyed by that and is shooting for the stars? Uh, well, they, they really try to keep it on the down low here. Like, try to keep everyone humble and just focused like week to week and, and, and that's the old tough, cliche hey? like yeah it is but you know it's, there are plenty of other teams in the same position that we are right now so it's all in front of us if we approach it you know one game at a time and you know the playoff picture is still up in the air so you just got to keep it under wraps and um you know not not get too ahead of ourselves well, I can tell you, uh, don't worry, Patrick is probably uh, taking up all the excitement for everybody anyway. He's uh, very pumped by how the Falcons have been doing this season. Like, I'm a little bit carried away. I've really <laughs> been fanning out on Atlanta. Uh, I've got to say, mm-hmm. Sanu, rather, um, Julio Jones, Matty Ryan, I've got a little bit of a crush on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I'm meant really? to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but I'm really wavering. And now having an Australian in the mix, it's just starting to push me over the edge. <laughs> Wait till he starts singing his ode to Taylor Gabriel. Uh, <laughs> you'll feel the passion for about 10,000k away. And Julio down by the school. And Julio down by the school, yeah. <laughs> Have you had any uh, sort of chat with any, any of those real stars of the team other than uh, Matt Ryan as well? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty close locker room, I'd say. It's called the Brotherhood They, they that the coaches have really tried to push for this season. And since I've gotten here, it's, it's been so noticeable, like trying to keep everyone so close. And, and they said, like, they try to make the team like, like a family. And, you know, we've, they've even given us um, hoodies with. With like a like a, a biker club cut up, you know, saying like <laughs> brotherhood and like a, a falcon skull and crossbones type thing, and you know they they really try to to push that um, you know closeness within the team. So everyone everyone knows each other, and you know even down to like being an offensive lineman, we we would try to celebrate Christmas and things like that, and so there's been like exchanges of gifts and things like you know. So uh, who'd you get in Secret Santa? Uh, we didn't actually have a secret Santa. We had a white elephant. We had a white elephant. A so white elephant. What white is elephant. a white elephant? White elephant is where everyone brings a gift, 
and then you take turns in selecting gifts, and you can steal. Oh, oh. yes. I did this last that's Christmas. That's outstanding. I didn't know that's what it was yeah. called, though. Had, talk us through how your white elephant situation panned out you for you. Please, please tell me you stole a, a Christmas present from Matt Ryan. Uh, <laughs> well, it, was, it was just the offensive line, but it worked out quite well for me because uh, minimum buy like minimum gift was 800 bucks. So, oh, minimum. Yeah. Big spenders um, in It's getting Atlanta. hot in Atlanta. It's going to be hard to buy yeah. a gag present for $800 <laughs> as well. You know, you traditionally try and get the crappiest possible presents in this sort of scenario. Christmas time. Uh, yeah, not, not this time, because if, if everyone judged it to be a, a crappy present, then, uh, yeah, you had to you had to buy it back from them. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Um, this is brutal. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't too happy about the $800 thing, but, um, yeah, I ended up, I bought a drone, like an $800 drone, so oh, it, was, it was real nice. nice and, gift. But I, I managed to get it back for myself so I could exchange it. Hey. Yeah. So I got my money back. That's oh. a win yeah. for the practice squad. Just some contrast yeah. or, or just some perspective for you there, Blake. We work for, you know, Fox Sports News, one of the real powerhouses <laughs> in Australian sports broadcasting. We don't own a drone. Mm-hmm. So uh, you are, in terms of drones, you are ahead of this organisation. So you're doing all Fair right. Enough. Honestly, I would love to fly around an $800 drone, but you've got to live through the off-season. So. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you uh, inked to a big five-year guarantee contract, and then it'll be drones aplenty. Yeah, drones. Yeah. Everybody gets a drone, <laughs> uh, Oprah style. Um, no, we did see you got a little shout-out. I saw on Twitter, Vaughn McClure said that you were wearing a black jersey at practice as one of the teammates of the week, along with... Um, QB Matt Sims, uh, the backup, and uh, a linebacker. What is that? Is that like a sort of employee of the week sort of scenario for the practice yeah, squad? Yeah, or? sort of like that. Yeah, it's um, he'll choose. They'll choose a couple of guys each week to wear the black jersey on that Friday practice. It's, it just kind of stands out, and it has you know, the standard written on it. You've kind of typified what the Falcons' standard is about uh, for that week. So it's supposed to be kind of an honor to wear it on that day, and you get to keep the jersey afterwards, so that's it's kind of cool. But um, yeah, it's 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 almost exactly like an employee of the of the week type thing. One more question for you, Blake. Have you been watching Atlanta? It is a show that uh, Patrick and I are obsessed about, and it's got Donald Glover in it, and we think that that's what Atlanta is really like. Uh, I have not actually. <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> I've been busy working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've been living in in an, in an Airbnb, um, so my. TV watching has been kind of limited uh, to what I've got on yeah. my iPad. But oh, well, we're yeah. happy that uh, that you had the time to, to join us and, and that you found such a fantastic spot in Atlanta. I know working under Kyle Shanahan and the offensive line coaches there, it's great that you've landed in that spot. It's a fantastic place to see the talent grow. So thank you again for joining us, and we wish you the best for what's looking like a pretty busy end to the season for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the talk. And that was a really interesting chat. I will note, I looked it up, practice squad players, if if the Atlanta Falcons were to go on and win Super Bowl 51 in Houston, it's up to the team whether they get a ring. But more often than oh. not, practice squad Aussie, uh, practice squad players, <laughs> I should say, not just the Australians. Just the Australians get <laughs> a ring. Just the Australians. Only yeah. the Aussies. <laughs> um, they get a ring, which is pretty cool. So, you know, we'll be looking out for him in the playoffs. Uh, maybe Atlanta will get up. Got to imagine that a Southern Cross in diamonds looks better than a Southern Cross tattoo. (laughs) Uh, What a beautiful way uh, to cast our eyes into the sky and look ahead to what's going to come in week 16. Mel, have you returned from your giggles? 
to give us a prediction. The Bengals are taking on the Texans in week 16, and I think our mate Tom Savage is going to... I'm talking about all the way to the top, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The one and only. in a position. He says he was in a position he didn't imagine himself to be in, and I think that's very appropriate. Quarterback for the Houston Texans. Great. Makes sense. It all checks out. So what out. are we getting from Savage? He oh, wins. I think he's going to lead uh, the team to a win over the Bengals. I think the Bengals are overrated. We saw that against Pittsburgh. They're not quite... I don't know. They're just an incomplete, not quite fully functioning team right now and I think they're right for the picking. I love what you had to say that's going to be at home for the Texans yeah. chance for a big stand there and you know what it would be great to see the, the team song ringing around uh, the Houston Texans stadium Oh yeah Good How bizarre that a, uh, a Kiwi song would be the, the song for the Houston We're Texans We're bringing the world together here <laughs> Patrick Stack week 16 says what The Cleveland Browns <laughs> I really want to believe you, Pat, but they've let me down so many times. <laughs> Sadly, it's oh, going to be right, Owen okay. 16th for the Cleveland Browns. There I don't think is. I'm breaking any news there, but I do. I'm just interested in that game a little bit. I feel like San Diego. Wow, you might have taken Mel's position in terms of the light, <laughs> the most obvious, the light on the salt predictions. No, yeah. I picked the Cleveland Browns to win it at once this you know, year. Incorrect. And I was incorrect, but, you know, at least I picked them. I when backed Stacky them. When says he's got some interest in that game, that means I'm getting a message at 4.03 a.m. again next week. <laughs> um, and I will remind everybody that these games are on Sunday. So please do not wake up lazily on Australian Sunday at 10 a.m. and wonder where all the football is gone. Oh, it's on Sunday. It's on Sunday this oh. week to match up with Christmas American. day. It's at 5 a.m. in the morning. We don't, I don't have any facility to watch these games. I'm My sure fiancé was wondering why Wait, I volunteered to come into work Christmas. Uh, on Christmas morning. It's like, oh, that, really? You stepped up for the Christmas morning shift? I'm like, yeah, just want to go in there and do my part for the team and, you know, have five screens pointed at me as uh, <laughs> nothing in the world goes on except for the uh, NFL Week 16. Oh, I really stuffed up. I'm, coming, I'm doing the night shift on Christmas Day. Oh, <laughs> rookie. No, yeah, that's, oh, I did not dear. do that one too. It's all right. You don't have a fantasy team to watch over anyway. Oh, screw you. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to see Ezekiel Elliott run for 250 yards in person in Dallas at AT&T Stadium. The Lions. As he knocks over the rookie rushing record, Eric Dickerson's mark in one fell swoop. Are you going to be in the... Am I going to see you on the broadcast scooping food out of a bowl, feeding Yeah, no, I'm getting a big nacho hat. Yeah. And I'm just going to be... Is your wife, a fiancé there with you as well? She is. Ah, so this is interesting permutations for the Lawrence Horish over-under beer consumption now. <laughs> I had the line at somewhere between... At 15 and a half. Uh, but now, with the misses there, that the under could be, you know... Do you want some inside exciting. tips? Yeah, yeah. When we did go, I went to a Cowboys game last year. Thought I was going over to see Tony Romo and uh, Des Bryant tear it up. Oh, no. It was the Brandon Whedon and Lance Dunbar show. Uh. So knowing that and knowing that she wanted me to enjoy the day, uh, the missus did just keep piling the libations on. Okay. Um, including some frozen margaritas that were delightful. Stop. You should marry her. That's what he thought too. <laughs> <laughs> What's the line for him, do you think? Um, Beer be consumption before and How cold does it get there at that It's going to be year. frosty. Real cold. Hit minus in Dallas See, this week. See, that's going to affect it. Because no, it won't. You, yeah, because you're drinking a really cold drink. Beer he won't is cold. Care. He'll be warm and toasty because he'll have drunk at least 10 of them. I reckon 11. 11? 11's the line? Yeah. Two to one, 11 and a half is the line, Stacky. What are you taking? I'm going over. You're going over? Yeah. Good man. Those of you out there following at... Hard count, Fox, at Melanie Danyashki, oh. at Pat Stack Ben's Fox, drinking and gambling. At what Laurie kind of- Horesh. 
Weigh in. Let us know. Are you taking? Are you taking me over? Eleven and a half is the mark. Terrible. I'll be in Dallas calling in. Probably that is free inappropriately. Cash. Free cash, my friend. Free in, money. We need to bring in Ryan Suckup and get some Christian That's values That's like when at the, the start of the season, many betting agencies had the Ezekiel Elliott season yardage line at 999. Whoops. I think you hit that in week eight. So much gambling. <laughs> oh, so much. We do need a sponsor. But before we go <laughs> and head into a beautiful week six. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas oh, to yeah, everybody. Christmas. Oh, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy yep. holidays. Kwanzaa. Festivus. What else is there? Festivus for the rest of us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Seinfeld people. They're the atheists like yourself. And on that note, salutations. You don't know me.